2: Hey guys, uh, I know that this is the top of the episode, so I just want to tell you guys, this is what we call a Slap Nuts episode. A Slap Nuts episode is a little bit different than other episodes, and we kind of get into this a little bit later because we talk about different things, not just one particular person. It's sort of a way for you guys to take a break from all the gloom and doom that we normally have on this podcast and have a little fun. But that being said, we might have dirty jokes, differing opinions, talk about more adult themes, and there might even be some cussing uh, because the fact is, Two out of the three hosts on this show do a heavy amount of drinking, and the other one is a loose cannon from birth. So, you know, just a little bit of warning that if you have little ears in the car, this might not be the episode that you want to introduce them to us to. So, there you go. You might not want to have kids in the car when you play this episode, just ever. ever.
3: You're digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ2.
2: guys welcome to rock and roll heaven the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers and deaths of famous musicians i am your host ld along with me for the ride as always is will the thrill greetings
4: and salutations Ooh, nice. nice what are you drinking this also comes from our friends at belching beaver they're not
2: our friends you don't know anyone that works there it's, i'd it's... like to maybe okay. i'm just putting that out in the universe okay anyway this comes from the belching beaver <laughs> brewery it is the
4: Good Morning Beautiful Brown Ale.
2: Aw, my hair is brown.
4: So that is what I'm imbibing
2: for this particular
5: episode.
2: All right. And then on the other side of the country, we have TJ2, the deuce. Howdy, partners. Did you just give up on drinking? No,
6: I, um, I kind of wasn't paying attention, and I already opened my beer. <laughs> so very poorly Tom. <laughs> here,
2: here, here, what you, here you go. Here
4: you go. Oh, did someone open a beer? <laughs> like it was... Like, <laughs> think we all auditioned for that role in the guy in police academy and none of
2: us got it
6: <laughs> and none of us got it Dang.
2: all right what are you drinking tea
6: i'm having a uh, i've had this one before on the show line and kugel um toasted bach very 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 winery
2: that's a safe bet for you though right
6: yes, that's yes. The one i like box very much
2: is that correct it's <laughs> the one with spices
6: i like beer just in general i mean to be honest with you i'm not really picky this beer thing is a wonderful one day you're going to say no dj to the deuce and you're going to hear like a loud crack and i'm just going to scream pbr bitches (laughs) and nothing beats the ice house though that was fantastic (laughs) that that, that truly suffered for my craft Uh, not gonna lie Hats
2: well, off to the, your dedication. Well, it was like the rickstasy like when will had to drink the rickstasy oh, do we that. still have the banana liqueur up there, there is
4: banana liqueur that's been in there since the rickstasy
2: episode <laughs> i don't know what to do with it <laughs> you throw it away at this point i'm wait. going to God. Oh. It wants my dreams i need some potassium though but also i don't want to get drunk yeah that's not the way to go all right if
6: you do please and if you're gonna and if you're going to please don't do so on banana liqueur yes your
4: (laughs) teeth will rot before you get intoxicated
2: all right so this week guys is our slap nuts episode this is an episode where we get to talk about some stuff blow some steam off and just you know have conversations that don't end with someone for the most part dying (laughs) we hope we hope not Uh. but uh this wheel of what the fuckery gets (laughs) is is 1980s epic sex solos. That's the first Mm -hmm. thing. The second thing we're going to talk about is favorite quitter got fired. And then the third thing up this time around is we're going to talk about, and then this is where we're going to get the hate mail. Mm -hmm. We are going to compare and contrast songs that are covers that are better than the originals. Mm -hmm. So, at the top mm. of every episode, I got to tell you guys any kind, uh, anytime there is a slap notes episode, the views expressed on this slap notes episode
6: of Rock are Run correct. Run, Don't argue with us. We're yes. right
2: 100% of the time. It's not Pantheon media that, that has these views. It's just, but a, it should be. We're the jerks.
4: <laughs> but we're right, damn it.
2: All right. So, first up, guys, we're going to be talking about the epic saxophone <laughs> solos of the 1980s because <laughs> Will will not leave me alone until we do this. But I just want to point out something about
4: 1980s sax in particular. It's terrible. Oh, do, do you stop it? There's a lot of good stuff in here. <laughs> and I, for the record, have a lot of noteworthy notes.
6: So about you this. Yes. You um, I city, we really had no parameters for this one other than, yeah. hey, Eddie sax. So I have like a list of 10 great ones and 10 that suck. Uh, okay, that's fair. But before I go further, to give a
4: context, if you will, uh, the 1980s really mastered the saxophone riff, very much like a guitar riff. The 80s had saxophone riffs. So I want us to keep that in mind and part of the conversation as we segue into this material where we enjoy it's the guitar It's how bad. you
2: pronounce that. It is
4: now. It we're is. We're always right, TJ said No,
2: so. it's no. It's segue like the awesome little scooter thing. <clears> throat> throat> Happy was on it. No, no. no Obadiah was on, Obadiah was on yeah. it. Obadiah Stain that's an mcu reference from those yes. big yes, for those bass 80 80s saxophone
4: riffs so think about that there might be one in some of the songs we
2: talk about today all right so we'll see i mean i hope that they are because yeah. didn't that the whole point of the list mm.
4: i think that, that since tj you have like a top 10 basically i think we should start there
2: okay start okay, okay. okay.
6: do you want do you want my top 10 good ones or cheesy slash suck ass ones let's do the good let's ones let's do the good ones just the good ones yeah. how about just the good ones? okay at number 10 i've got uh, the waitresses, I know what boys like.
5: Yes,
6: good luck. Now, to me, that sax solo sounds like if a gallon of Tab and a kilo of Coke could somehow play a saxophone, that's what it would sound like.
2: You
4: mean
6: the '80s? <laughs> uh,
2: well, yeah. Yes. Also, use they also had use of the saxophone during Christmas rapping.
6: Yes, but that's that's <laughs> yeah. really that's a, that, that's what I really like. Um, okay. And it's just it's frenetic and crazy, uh, and I really dig that one. Uh, number nine, this is a song from uh, someone we have covered during our Heavy Hitter series, Rick James, Super Freak. Yes. Played by Daniel Lamell, of course. Um, he gets a little shout-out right at, right before he starts playing with Rick saying, blow, Danny. So uh, that's a really good one. I didn't feel like this list of good 80s sacks would be complete if I didn't put the big man on here. Mm. so now i think we can agree that if we were doing sacks, just any sack solo of all time clarence clemens would probably have about three of the top six easily easily i mean born to run i think we can all agree that would be there jungle Jumplywood. rosalita but he's got a bunch of killer ones um but we're in the 80s so i just uh, picked a song i happen to really like called cadillac ranch
4: that's a good one because I I mean, just to add to it a little bit, well, the one I had in mind was actually from Born in the USA would be Bobby Jean.
6: That's another good one. Yep. And
4: and, and when I looked at it, what I realized with with Big Man was a lot of the sax stuff I enjoyed by him was actually the seventies and then it came back in the nineties. The eighties were a bit of a gap. because yep. uh, what Springsteen was releasing. He released I think
6: four albums
4: in that decade. So
6: he did. And and you know he he broke up the E Street band for a while.
4: Basically, yeah. So
6: Yeah. Um, and I think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, LD, I'm sure you would know this, is, am I right that uh, Clarence's final performance was on Lady Gaga's Born This Way or something? I do believe Mm it was. Okay.
4: And he apparently flew out at like three in the morning and did it and came back. I think, yeah, it was the last thing he did before he passed. Mm,
6: Yeah, and and as we're recording this, we're five days removed from what would have been his uh, 80th birthday, actually, so. That's um, awesome, man. still r.i.p to that guy what yeah. a force of nature he was um number seven a little more mellow you know because clarence he had the loans it, it sounded like it was going to explode out of your speakers this one's a little more laid back but i know it's when you like will dire straits your latest trick
4: love it the, the only thing that beats it and it's in the wrong decade is on every street
6: Yes, because you're just, you, you just into the 90s with that one, yep.
4: Yeah, that that little hook in um, your latest trick is just, it's so infectious and just wonderful.
6: I, yeah. I love that. I love that one. And it's a little bit of a departure for them, but it's a terrific song. I really love it. Uh, number six, I've got uh, Stevie Winwood. Roll with it. Good choice. All right. Thanks. Uh, number five, I don't think we could do this list if we didn't throw Hall & Oates on here. I picked Man Eater. You could pick a bunch. Yeah,
2: we um,
6: have a little bit of overlap. Okay. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's all right. Number four, mm-hmm. I have got Lonesome George and the Delaware destroyers bad to the bone.
4: Oh. It's iconic for sure.
6: That that is oh, that's that's in the Clarence uh Pantheon of just got you just that that just pops out of your speakers. Oh it I really, love I really love is. that song.
5: Yeah.
6: And again, you could pick a lot of George songs. I drink alone would be another good one. Um might actually be a better one now that i think about it <laughs> we'll stick with bad to the bone uh number three and boy these these top three man they're really hard to separate but i've got part of rock and roll huey lewis in the news because it's huey lewis in the news i would say i want a new drug i want a new drug i say again this is yeah. just a taunt. back in time would be great nope. um shut up shut up of them. shut up <laughs> okay shut up mike uh, number two, I've got another band who you could pick a lot of songs by them, but I'm going to go with this one, In Excess, What You Need. Oh! And number one for me uh, was very early in the decade, uh, played by a star, I believe, of the 60s and 70s, but it's Foreigner with Urgent featuring Junior Walker.
2: Oh, okay. They use that in a Sprint commercial? i think
6: i, I think so I, I, it, it's it's turned up in a lot of, of some commercial here fairly recently but good mm-hmm. grief man jr just he, he absolutely decimates that solo killer killer stuff love that one so that's my that's my good list all right just why don't you run through your bad list this is my butt cheese slash sucky list number 10 i've got hardened my heart by quarter flash
2: <laughs>
6: oh, i love quarter flash <laughs> oh so oh so do you like that one yeah okay it,
2: they play okay so uh of course like my mind will always go to broadway musicals and they used that song as the second act i wish song for rock of ages
6: okay okay um i think we can agree though a song can be cheesy and still be good of course yeah i love cheesy songs yeah so, some of these are bad some of them are just cheesy and I, I, that's not <laughs> a, a terrible song or anything it's just that that's a very generic sounding sax to me okay um So's the one at number nine. uh Breathe, hands to heaven.
5: <laughs> I'll give you Oh, <laughs> no,
6: oh, oh, I'm sorry. I've told. I can't sing anymore. Sorry. Even <laughs> for Comic Affair. <laughs> I was doing the Larry King. Breathe for the full hour. Tonight, breathe.
2: <laughs> you guys are gonna just snap at me every time, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, we're not going <laughs> to
6: put this down. I, <laughs> I think I'm going to get some blowback on this one, but. i I don't care. It's a good song and it's a, the artist is she's very iconic. The so su- the sax in the song sucks. Chardet smooth operator.
2: And fair enough. It's it's no, sophomoric. Yeah. 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 Her voice sounds like
6: butter. Oh she's she's oh, amazing. amazing. She oh yeah, she is beautiful and super talented and everything. But yeah, that's just um the, the sax is not good in, in the smooth operator, in my opinion. Fair. Um I got funky town. Oh lip sync. Ah, oh, <laughs> um Which it took me till today
2: to realize mm-hmm. that lip sync, lips lip sync, yeah, slip sync, huh? So
6: we're the.
5: Uh, uh, my Um,
6: the next one is just a song I really don't like, and that would be "An Englishman in New York" by Sting.
2: I don't even know if uh, I know yeah, that song. not a great song.
6: I don't know if I, I, know
2: I, I feel like our when, show. When,
6: when sting slows it down and gets the horns and the kind of like jazzy feel, of songs, I run real hot and cold on them. Okay. For example, I adore fields of gold. I love that song. Love it. An Englishman in New York is it's, it's a turd on an English muffin. I hate it. An English muffin. See, I didn't mean to, cause he's English. Aww. I also like English muffins. So
2: can you pick something else? Like, raisin bagels or something
6: it's ferret. it's it's ferret scat on a buttermilk biscuit okay it's it's okay. it's really bad i, I just i really don't
2: like that song i mean i'm shocked how quickly you came up with that analogy and i'm impressed duly um, duly impressed
6: i'm gonna roll these last five off just just rapid fire because to me this is about a five-way tie for the cheesiest and i would love for you guys to break it okay Waiting for a star to fall by Boy yes! Meets Girl. Let him finish. Jeez. Oh God,
2: also, that was super loud, like right I'm in sorry. my ear. That was, I, no, that, was the, that was
6: actually the desired reaction. I have to be honest. with
4: you. Um, Imagine Boy Meets Girl. Oh,
6: uh, stop it. Glenn Fry's "The One You Love," a contribution from the Misses. Debbie Gibson's "Foolish Beat." Ah. Oh. "Careless Whisper." and Kenny G songbird.
2: Okay. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to tell you flat out Kenny G does not belong on that list. Kenny G is the master of sax. You're taking All him off? All right. Yeah. Taking him off. Okay. That's, that's because Kenny G, you can't think about Kenny G without thinking about the saxophone. So literally everything he does
6: is either super or cheese. And I like to think he's super. <laughs> Well, that that one is kind of cheesy. I would also say that. Do you know who plays the um the sax on that the sting song that I called like poop in a biscuit or whatever it was? I think you said ferret
2: scats <laughs> on a on a on a buttermilk
6: biscuit. On a buttermilk biscuit. Thank you very much. Do you yeah. know who plays Do you know who plays sax on that one? Who? Branford Marsalis. Get out of ah. here. So I mean, it's not it's not like some no name. I mean, somebody who's a, a fantastic player i just don't like it but anyway you're taking kenny g off the list okay
2: yes simply because that's his thing man okay it's that's what he does man it's uncle kenny it's uncle kenny man so um, i uh, knew you were waiting for me waiting for a star to fall is the the number one cheesiest one on your list the ultimate okay
6: will what do you think is
2: the cheesiest probably
4: waiting for a star to fall it's so yeah schmaltzy yeah i started <laughs> kind of
6: i started looking at that list and i was like i actually had that one lower but i really started thinking about it i was like no that no that that might actually be the one <laughs> that like the that might have been the one that i could have just read and saved this the last 15 minutes <laughs> it is so just
4: iconic cheese for 80 sacks i mean and that's what makes it brilliant
6: yeah kind of yeah so anyway that's that's my uh top and bottom 10 Love excellent it.
2: Excellent. I guess I'm up. Hey, you're up and I'll back yep. okay. All right. So I was actually going to choose Tina Turner's You're Simply the Best. But okay. the thing is that that saxophone solo only lasts about 10 and a half seconds. Okay. It's pretty short. Now, it does show up on best saxophone solos in music. But for some reason, it's just super short, in my opinion. So <clears> I felt <throat> like I needed something that was a through line. So I'm a massive fan of Deadpool. <laughs> so I actually chose one to be Careless Whisper. It's iconic but by, okay. by Wham. Uh, if you've not seen Deadpool, which I know my brother probably doesn't even know what Deadpool is, but I feel like that's a movie that T would actually love.
6: Uh, that's a big raw joke Ghost Rider.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Careless Whisper. I'm also that's going cool. to pick Rio by Duran Duran. That's a good one. oh yeah. Another one that I chose was I went with Huey Lewis in the news. And the one I went with was back in time, because I used to actually work at Universal Studios, and you know, they had the back-to- the Future ride, but that got gutted to become something else, like the Spider-Man or something <laughs> or the Mon- yeah, the Simpsons yeah. or the Mummy or something. it got gutted. But still, they would actually play Huey Lewis and the news constantly while I worked <laughs> at Universal. And it was just like that end part of uh, Back in Time. That part, yeah. Uh, That's a really song. long
6: solo, too. Yes, it to, is. It kind of tails out at the very end of the song. I really like that one.
2: Yeah. The other one that I chose was because knowing that this exists in the world and knowing that I have access to it pretty much any time mm-hmm. I want makes me super happy. So I'm going to go with Man Eater by Hall & Oates. Now, mm-hmm. if you don't know what I'm referring to, hang on. It is, there is a hotline that you can call called Call & which,
6: which we called during the Eddie Van Halen series. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes uh, we
2: did. Call & oats. If you guys are interested in it, it's uh, you can call this number at any time, day mm-hmm. or night, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, 366 on leap years. And you can actually choose... Uh, out of three, I believe, three different uh, Hall & Oates songs. And you know what? I'm going to give out that number again yes. because I feel like the universe needs to know about Hall & Oates. Uh, but you call this number and you can just select any song, by well, well one of three songs or four songs by Hall & And you can listen to them anytime you want. And that mm-hmm. number is 719-266-2837. Again, thats is seven. 7- one nine two six six two eight three seven if you just want to bring joy into your life or if you have somebody that's really annoying you at the bar and they (laughs) they want to get your number just give that to them and then they'll be like oh this is great they didn't give me like an eight 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 whatever no you can call calling oats it's so i I chose man eater because it just brings me joy now what's the other one that you make my dreams come true it doesn't ha- that doesn't have any sex really in it, so I couldn't no. choose that. But that's my favorite. That's my favorite song by them. All right, for my final selection, I'm actually going to, to try to make my mama proud <laughs> by choosing "Hungry Eyes" from the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Oh, I almost
6: do you know I thought about that one. I waited. I didn't know which list it should go on. It's transcendent. <laughs>
2: it's Either really cheesy or really amazing.
6: Awesome. I'm not. I'm not sure which. Do you remember the video? No, yeah. no. The, the the girl is playing this gigantic saxophone. This is like as big as she is, oh. and her her dress is lit. Clean up the glory. Like it's the most. <laughs> Does it have like
2: a tiny chain on the hip keeping it together? Like, like
6: it was really like it's like you almost feel like you're saying something. I'm sure you're not, but. Huh. Yeah, all just
2: watch it when we're done. You'll see. All right. I I will. I will. So that that's my list. Mr. Will the Thrill. This this was your selection. Was. So this better be some damn fine sacks.
4: It it is some very impressive sacks. And I will preface this list by saying, I'm ashamed of all of you because I'm gonna bring some up here that you have overlooked and I am disappointed. Look, he chose 20. I picked like four. I'm, I'm There's not no angry. consistency here. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. You know what? Oh, uh, there's a spray bottle again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um I'll try to just breeze through the least ones we've we've shared and that would be of course Clarence the big man Clemens. Yep. Uh, can't talk about the instrument without talking about good old Clarence. Did we all overlook Glenn Fry?
2: The heat is on. You belong to the city? I I assumed you were going to pick any oh, it was in Beverly. No, you no, I too. did
6: I did pick a fry song, but I did it for my it, cheese list. You did it for the cheeseless. <laughs> but heat is on and
4: you belong to the city? I mean, come on. That, that lick is undeniable. Um, with Huey, I went for I Wanted a Drug, but as we discussed, we got a lot of options there. Sure.
6: And then at Work. I, I thought about that one. I, I, I thought on that one long and hard, and I left him off primarily because I know you like Colin Hay a lot, and I figured you would pick one.
4: As I do, and and you know, really, I think Who Can It Be Now is the most recognizable, but yeah, the sure. entire catalog I mean, underground, overkill, all really yep. good sax work. Do they have something like The Middle
2: as a song? Uh, <laughs> but LD, how'd you miss Modern Love? Um, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. okay, I didn't. Okay, it was the thing is it's so in the back. Now, if I actually wanted to choose a a mm-hmm. great saxophone solo, mm-hmm. it would be in a song that my brother hates. Which is?
6: Which is Black Star. Ugh. It's a good sax solo. Though. Yeah, it's a beautiful sax solo. And I I'm going to be honest with you. I remember as I put my list together thinking like, "Okay, I need to put Modern Love on there." And somehow it's just not on there. So, I don't know. But but it got it got it got mentioned. So, good. Yeah. 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 As-
2: I mean, yeah, the black star is undeniably like that's my choice.
4: But as LD taught us all in the Bowie
2: series, that was his first instrument, correct? With yes. Sax? Yeah. He yep. yep. was a virtuoso. Maybe for the next list, we have to pick something like best flute solos. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> Jethro Tull. Jethro Tull. <laughs> I was going to say Jethro, Jethro Tull, Tull and. Jethro uh,
6: Tull. Oh, and uh, well, Jethro Tull and uh, Marshall Tucker, I guess. Joe oh, Dave Tucker, Matthews yeah.
2: has an amazing one too, and I so does Lizzo. Would. Lizzo lizzo plays the flute flute solo yes right hey <laughs> all right brass budget. monkey okay gonna yep. I forgot that was a saxophone well you hear that the, uh, uh,
4: yeah uh, it's just you don't it, brass it,
2: monkey. You just don't expect it to be in a beastie boy song and for some reason like that was yep. i completely forgot about that well done the the melodious true spando ballet that was yep. on my list yep. and then i took it off because i remembered every time i see spando ballet i think you know what, all the members of Spindo Ballet could walk up to me and punch me in the face. And I would be like, <laughs> why are these guys punching me in the face? Exactly. Um, and I think I'd be remiss if I didn't
4: bring up one of my favorites, thankfully, not a subject for our podcast yet, Billy Joel. Yeah. yeah. A lot of his stuff in the 70s was more sax heavy with Mark Rivera, obviously his sax player many years, but just making the cut for the 1980s would be, and I think it's memorable. It's still rock and roll to me. Fair enough. Really good solo. Well, he also it did is good. that Keepin is a good solo. Faith. You're right. Keeping the faith also, which was Keepin later faith. in the decade. Yeah, but I think the big ones like New York State of Mind and uh, Just the Way You Are. That's all seventies. Oh, Just the Way You Are. Yeah, that that one's
5: beautiful.
2: Though. Yeah.
4: Again, the great Mark Rivera, Billy Joel's go-to sax guy. Uh, for of course, had In Excess, but I actually had Never Tear Us Apart.
6: Uh, hard uh, hard to go wrong with pretty much anything from them. Mm-hmm. Especially might- anything from Kick.
4: Oh, yeah, the album is pretty much flawless, in my opinion. Fair. And why we're all here, my number one, LD's already getting angry at me. <laughs> Many of you have seen the film, Lost Boys, and asked yourself the question, who is that oiled-up dude playing the saxophone? Well, I'm here to give Tim Capello his due, because nothing like that image of that guy playing the sax is more 80s than anything else we've discussed.
2: So I, ju- I don't know why I haven't filed for divorce. I-, I am going to bring up a few fun facts about Tim Capello. I- Ready? Is, is it fun facts? Nipples are pierced? Fun facts about, about Tim Capello. He-, 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 he has to get oiled up to put on his leather pants. <laughs> I mean, his man bun is greater than Jason Momoa's. What could you possibly tell me about him that I oh, can't figure out?
4: How about this? He kicked heroin.
2: Good for him. Because yes. The only other option is death.
4: Yeah. He actually kicked heroin, according to Capello. He said he quit, quote, cold turkey. That's impressive. Mm.
6: Yeah. That's, that's, well, it's impressive that he didn't die. Yeah, exactly.
5: Yeah.
4: Uh, there's I... a
6: reason that you have to wean yourself off slowly, because mm-hmm. if you just stop, unfortunately, one of the, one of the uh, symptoms or side effects is that you, uh, you just die.
4: Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Successfully overcame the addiction himself. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. Uh, he was the go-to sax player for Tina Turner, which I think that, we discussed.
2: I, that's, I, that's I knew, yes. Yeah. Uh,
4: um, I knew. Other notable acts include, but are not limited to, Eric Carmen, Ringo Starr, Peter Gabriel, Carly Simon, Billy Crystal. He wait, actually wait, wait, wait. Yep. Billy One Crystal. of these things is not like the other. <laughs> is not like them at Care all. Care
2: to explain why Billy Crystal is in here? What did he do? He, was... he was touring with Billy Crystal. That is. Weird. I know. Is that weird? That is. Yeah. That is so weird. But he. His... I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. well, it is like. Oh, God, what was the band that he was touring with? David Bowie and he was the mime. Uh, T-Rex. He, oh, yes. Yeah. T-Rex, yeah. Yeah, so it was like when David Bowie would be touring with T-Rex and he was a mime. Yep. OK, so he's so, so he's Billy Crystal's mime. Billy Crystal's mime. We can okay. think of it that
5: way.
4: All
2: right.
5: Uh,
4: obviously became a bodybuilder. That's bi- my new
2: band name. Write that down. Billy Crystal's mime.
4: Yep. <laughs> he obviously became a bodybuilder, founded the band The Kendalls. It was actually on the Tina Turner tour that he was discovered for Lost Boys. Which Capello describes as quote, the easiest work he ever did.
2: Yeah, you could tell.
4: He spent 20 minutes in costume, because he wasn't wearing That's, a lot. No, he's wearing he's wearing leather yep. pants. Uh he said they shot for maybe two hours. And quote, Capello, by 10 PM, we were all partying back in Hame's room. Corey Ham.
2: Yeah, you know, yep. you didn't, you could have just said Hame.
4: Yep. And last but not least, Ildi, you'll appreciate this one. Do you remember the John Hamm skitch, uh, skit Sergio, where he's the topless sax player? no i don't they did a series of them where he like compels andy sandberg to air sax inappropriately
2: okay yeah no i've missed that completely how yep. did i miss that but it's john
4: ham playing a shirtless sax player and that was of
2: course modeled
4: after tim capello and the song of course is i
2: still believe from the lost Boys. Soundtrack. i am so disturbed that you know that much about tim capello tim capello all right well tim if you're listening to this you have a real fan in my husband thank you Tim. <laughs> Uh, uh. so that's my that's my list all right so next is a uh, subject from my brother's perspective that was actually will the thrills choice the epic saxophones of the 1980s -hmm. and then uh we got my brother's choice which was T. care to explain to the folks at home what you were selecting
6: sure when we do these slap nuts episodes we usually pick three four topics and Most of them are about music, but we like to throw one in that's kind of unrelated, kind of a get to know your host sort of a thing. So I have a lengthy list of impressive I quits and got fired, which is weird since I've worked currently, I've worked at the place I work at now for 18 years.
2: And to be honest, there's there's one that me and Will (laughs) will still quote to this day.
6: Yep. So
2: one of your one of your quit slash got fired stories actually creeps into our daily life.
6: Well, that's that's actually one I'm going to share with you. That's one of my most famous stories. <laughs> I have a couple of I have a couple of really good ones. Um, I worked at a video store called Movies one time. And <laughs> oh God! I, I had to work on like the first week of the NFL playoffs, or maybe that maybe the conference championship game Sunday, and I really was really upset about it. And so I was scheduled to be off on super bowl sunday and this girl said uh, hey hey um would you trade with me next week next next sunday i said oh no the super bowl's in my family does like a big thing uh, and then I, I i jokingly said i mean i don't want to work when i'm scheduled to work much less when you're scheduled to work Ha ha. well she got mad and told the manager and i was called into her office for uh, for a, a meeting and she said so uh uh Heard that you said you don't like working here, and I said, "Well, you know, uh, I did say that to what's your name out there, um, and I was joking." But now that you (laughs) mentioned, and then I just, I kind of just put my hands up and shuffled on out the door with a big old grin on my face. Just for (laughs) that, another really quick one was I worked at a restaurant, my first ever restaurant. Neither
2: one of these stories is the ones that we we quote.
6: No, 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 these are, these are both, but well, these are both really short. Okay. Um, I worked in a kitchen. Somehow they got away with paying me less than minimum wage. I'm not sure how that was legal. I made like $3 an hour. Oh, I remember. I oh, remember boy. exactly
2: why that was, was because before South Carolina didn't have the law that stated that you had, if you were in the service industry working, you got tips. You didn't have to be paid minimum wage because apparently your tips were logged in as your.
6: Right. Like but your I worked pay. in the kitchen right. and never got a tip. So yeah. So they were they were really uh kind of fudging things to do that. But anyway, so that's yeah. the reason I don't feel I don't feel bad about how I left. So I think I had not cleaned some appliance and they come in the next day and it reeked of fish. Oh. <laughs> Cause this was a fish this was like a fish not no, this wasn't the fish camp, but this was a place that served like fried catfish and stuff like that. Yeah. And um so one of the the owner's daughter daughters uh who who kind of ran the place was giving me a real tongue last year And she was like, you know, it's the little things that make a big difference. You got to pay attention to details. If you ever want to get anywhere in this business, little things are important. And I said, I said let, me, let me break some news to you. I don't want to get anywhere in this business. I said, in fact, in fact, I don't want to work the rest of this year. And I left.
2: <laughs>
6: Beautiful.
2: So, uh, hey, Travis, Travis, yes. just want to stop you for a second, all right? We got some ads. We got to run them. Let's do this.
0: That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's d r i z l y dot com today.
6: And we're back. All right, let's get back into whatever it was we were doing when we left. Amazing. But but my real but my piece de resistance is that when I was working in radio, that is not the steadiest of employment. It certainly mm-hmm. wasn't back at this point. So I'm going. I'm bouncing. That's as they say in the song, town to town, up and down the dial. And I get to a point where I've basically burned every bridge at every radio station <laughs> in the state of South Carolina <laughs> and, and in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, <laughs> <laughs> for good, for good measure. And so the, let's see the damnable hell of it is that like the water company and the phone company still expect you to pay your bill, even when you don't have a job. And I'm like, come yeah. on guys. Yeah,
4: that's a load of
6: crap. Got me some slack. Yeah. So for a very brief time, very brief, I um, began working at a parts warehouse. Not even important that I say the name of it, but a parts warehouse in Spartanburg, South Carolina.
2: Yeah.
6: People now,
2: are Google right now.
6: This is actually not where I quit, but it is indicative of the fact that I was not long for this particular employer, okay? <laughs> so the, the manager of the place, they've hired me, and I've passed my p-test, and everything's great, and I'm, I show up, 7 30 in the next morning eager to learn and start working and the guy says okay yeah this is a real easy job man all right so uh there's a basket right here um uh, it sits on this desk uh this is the orders basket when we get an order we put it in there so you just pick the order up you go through the warehouse you find all the things that are on that order you put them all in one box you sit them here and you you sit the order on top of it and then you you know get the next one and you go do that and i said oh, okay yeah i think i can handle that i said hey i do have a question though i said in lieu of there being a um you know an order in the basket what, what do i do to pass the time and, and because i'm i'm legitimately wondering like okay well surely orders aren't going to come in hard and heavy all day every day there'll be sometimes i come back from pulling an order and there's nothing in the basket so what am i supposed to do i don't want to just stand around but that's how i phrased it in lieu of there being anything in the basket what am i supposed to do to occupy my time and the guy just stared at me and he said, What? And I, I thought maybe he had not heard me or something. And so I spoke a little louder. I said, in lieu of there being anything in the basket, and he put his hand up, like, stop. He said, no, 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 no. I heard what you said. I didn't understand. It. I said, oh, okay. He said, and then he pulls up my, my application where he saw that I had gone to college. He said, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, college boy, Mr. Fancy Talking College Man. I don't know who Lou of' is. You need to talk down where, where uh, regular folks like me can understand. you. And I said, you know what? Buddy, I apologize. I, I got a little too big for my britches there. <laughs> when basket be empty, what me do then?
2: That is cartoon it's level of villain. Oh God! When
6: basket be empty, what me do? What, what I mean, me do then? If basket, if nothing in if basket, you know, what, what me, me do? do. <laughs> uh, 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 now that actually wasn't. That was my first day, and I actually did work there for a. Gosh, a good two weeks. Um, <laughs> but I think I think that the groundwork, I think that pretty well laid the groundwork for the, the miserable failure that was to come.
4: A long and glorious
6: tenure of two weeks. Fair enough. So those those are those are just three of my favorites. And God, I've got so many to pick from. <laughs> okay. Do you think that you've quit more or gotten fired from more? I've definitely quit more. Yeah. Okay. I've only actually I've only actually really been fired once. Yes. Yeah, uh, I've worked at several places that went out of business or they laid people off, but actually fired. I've only been fired one time.
2: I think I've been fired twice. <laughs> okay. I think I've been fired twice. <laughs> every place that, like, other, every other place was like totally fine. But I, I, I guess now is a good time for me to tell my, since we're rolling into them? Yep. So, okay. So, uh, one was when I was, like, 18, and then the other one was during the pandemic. Oh, jeez. <laughs> not, not the shelter. I oh, that's what I think of. No, okay. no, no, no. So, when I was 18, of course, I was, like, this stupid, bubble-headed, skinny, <clears throat> freaky person, and I got a job at a restaurant, and it was a chain restaurant, <laughs> and... It was not Applebee's. I actually, shout out to Applebee's. I loved my time as an Apple buddy, okay? Damn. Loved my time at Applebee's. I ended up working like seven different jobs at Apple. I was in the expo line. I was the host. I was a server. I worked as a dishwasher. I worked as a busser. I worked like the whole thing. We did, pr- like, I I loved my time at Applebee's, okay? That is not uh, the one I got fired from. I will say it's in the same family, And it may or may not have a day of the week in its name (laughs) where they had, you know, where you had the, the fancy shirts and stuff. So I was like, super stupid. I was, you remember what I was like as a kid, I was hyperactive. I bounced off the frigging wall. Like it was like constantly almost
6: almost literally. Yes.
2: Yes. I was like, just on a human sugar high. I was the embodiment of energy.
6: to this day, to this day, LD still has a small scar, I believe, on her chin, <laughs> from where she wedged herself in in like a door frame of the bathroom, and then scaled to the top of it like a monkey. Yep. And and fell off face first and hit her her chin on this tile floor that was basically like jagged concrete. Yep. <laughs> that was pretty much it yep so, so that's, uh, that was that's pretty much that's pretty much ld yes so, uh, i also hyper she was hyper hyper i was super hyper i was hyper hyper i was a hypo hyper i was
2: yes so i thought it was somebody on like a television show or something that i had seen had done this joke called a moose lick do we all know what a moose lick is it's basically where hey you know you say, hey will you ever been kissed by a moose and I go you go and then you lick them OK, so I was working as a hosting position at this restaurant and it got into my head that I was like, I need to do a moose lick on someone because that's fucking hilarious. And it is Friday and it is slow. Oh, it was super <clears> throat> slow, throat> was slow day. Okay. It was a super slow Friday. And I'm like, I'll pick up the joint. So this dude comes over that we had nicknamed Happy Richie. And I'm like, hey, Happy Richie, you ever been kissed by a moose? And he's like, he looks at me like super weird. And he was an older man. He was like 20. And uh, he goes, no, what are you talking about? And I went, And then (laughs) then licked him. (laughs) And apparently he didn't think it was as funny as I did. So uh, um, I got called into the office on Monday when the bosses were back in. And I was told to clean my locker out because... uh, yeah, he didn't think that was a very funny joke. <laughs> so, uh, I no longer worked there. Uh, uh, the the uh, The newest one, the most recent uh, time I got fired, was technically not my fault because the <laughs> man was crazy. So, I literally think I dodged a bullet. So, I was working on this uh, film as the second <gasps> AD. And um, there is a gentleman in the music slash film industry, That most people regard as either a psychotic genius or just psychotic. (laughs) There is no middle ground. And so the first day I walk in and he's screaming at his realtor because he didn't leave uh, his wife the title to the house and they were moving in and they needed that for some reason for insurance purposes or something. And then he got off that phone call and started screaming into a completely different phone because he threw the other phone across the room and he picked up someone else's phone and started talking to a house. uh, I don't know who he was talking to, if it was like his lawyer or his psychiatrist, but he was screaming that he wanted an Apache helicopter. For Mama. the moment, He just wanted an Apache helicopter, and he's like, "Buy me my effing helicopter!" Uh, and in this time frame, he tried to—gosh, let me see what else he did. Uh, he was objectifying women, forced us to watch a sizzle reel of a vacation that he took, set to some super crappy music. Uh, He would scream at people because they didn't use the proper type of pen because he didn't like people using big pens because he says that was big was of the peasants. Uh, And then like most of the team that I got hired with was either fired or quit. And I made it all the way to a pre-production meeting where he was talking about, he was like, man, F COVID, we don't have to follow these stupid rules. Nobody's going to be doing anything this is stupid. And then he started talking about the snacks. And so literally like on the zoom call, I was like, Hey, just want to let you know that we will need to just get pre-packaged snacks. That is literally all I said. You would have thought that I called his daughter names (laughs) because a couple minutes later, I get a phone call from the new first AD because the original first AD quit. And he's like, Hey, uh, he didn't like you talking about snacks. So we're going to have to let you go. During the time of a global pandemic, I told him we had to be safe. And uh
6: Well, I mean you had it (laughs) come.
2: Well, here's here's the funny thing. I found out later that the film got shut down because he he didn't want to get proper permitting for the guns that he wanted to use. Oh good. He was like, he was literally like, we don't have to tell the cops, we'll just use the ones we have. And I don't know if you know that or not. But uh, Uh, that's highly illegal, and you can't really go forward on a film without an armor. We found out about that with Helena Hutchins on uh, the set of Rust, like how important an actual armorer is. And he didn't want to hire, he didn't want to get the permits for the guns, and he didn't want to hire an armorer. And so at that point, if I had found out about that, I probably would have quit. But instead, I told him we had to get pre-wrapped peanuts, and he didn't like that. So I got let go. (laughs) Now, I don't know if I've ever had like a, an epic quit moment. I did work at Victoria's Secrets <laughs> for a day, one day. And they showed me the video, you know, the, the training video that they show you and like yeah. how to how to display the bras and hang them up and how to measure women that does it. And I just, I was like, nah, this, this job isn't for me. So literally the next day I was supposed to go in and I called them and I told them that I broke my leg. <laughs> and then a week later I worked at the same- <laughs> At the same mall at the Philly's Cheese Steak Sandwich Place. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was my... Okay. I just discovered, like, it takes... it. You know, like, there are people that fit in really well at real- retail, and there are people that don't, and I do not fit in well at retail. I hate folding my own clothes, much less something else. Like, <laughs> it's not even someone else's. It's a corporation's clothes. I just couldn't do it. So, bless those folks who can actually do retail, because I do not have the, the strength and the will to be able to do it. I'm more of a restaurant gal because you can always go into the walk-in freezer and cry if you need to. So, all right, now that I've shed my skin, Mr. Uh, Hickey, go for
4: it. Well, I'll give you one that I was a direct participant and another that I was sort of on the, we'll call it end user side of. Uh, so I worked in a specific location where I chose to vent my frustrations on social media.
2: MySpace. Yes. Yeah, so it was MySpace. It, it, it was a
4: nascent medium, to say the least.
2: <laughs> so I, I
4: chose to put a very colorful post up there. And I think about a week went by, give or take. And then suddenly my manager calls us. Hey, you know, we're, we are we can come. We got to meet with you. Uh, please don't. He basically said, please don't go this way, which is right past my coworkers. I'm like, oh, well, this can't be good. Oh, no. So I go into the room and it's my boss his boss his boss and the hr manager so you can imagine where this is going oh dear at which point they disclosed that there was a post located on social
2: media and, myspace yes on
4: myspace it was
2: on MySpace. Was trying to be vague. um
4: <clears throat> and that uh that's obviously you know can't be fit the conduct of an employee and you know it's a bad look for the company and that they would have to dismiss me but i was an exceptional writer and the funny thing is, is all the while they're sort of telling me the protocol and why they have to let me go. They interject like,
2: there was this one thing about that. It was so well written. but We have to fire you. Um, you know, this It is true. Will is yeah. an incredible writer. For those who don't know, number one, he does all of the write ups for the episode. So if you ever look in the show notes, that ain't me writing that. That's Will. And he's doing it on the fly. And it's incredible. Well, thank you. So I was told We're, you're a great writer. We have to fire you. <laughs>
4: so that's one I was a participant and The other is a little more I found out about. It's one of my favorite stories from college. We were working on a film and we had like a radio that we would turn on. And suddenly one of the guys working on the film goes, Hey, come here, check this out. And he turns on the radio and it's Tone Lokes Wild Thing. And I'm like, okay, that's funny. He goes, Just wait. It rolls to Tone Lokes Wild Thing again. <laughs> <laughs> then it does a brief station ID. It's like, K, whatever, at- Atterborough, Massachusetts. And it does Tone Lokes' wild thing again. <laughs> so, what I didn't know at the time was that this local radio station had basically cleaned house. They had gotten rid of everybody, reformatted, gutted the place. And so, for a good I'd say week or so, they were just running Wild Thing by Tone Loke and a station ID and commercials.
5: <laughs> and friends
4: of mine had a bet in their dorm room. They would keep the radio on 24-7 and the last person to want to turn it off won.
2: Hilarious.
4: Uh, but fortunately, the station reformatted, I think it was only on in their apartment for about 18 hours. But so it was nothing but Wild Thing by Tone Loke, which is pretty funny. <clears throat> so that's Those are my stories, guys.
2: Excellent. I mean, I I think that we've got what. So you have been? Have you quit or gotten fired from more jobs? Uh, I've quit
4: more. I've only been fired that one time.
2: It's the only time I've been fired. Wow. Mm -hmm. I I feel ashamed that I got fired twice. There's been a lot of production jobs and stuff like that. You know, so my job doesn't really lend itself to quote unquote being fired. You just kind of work your your contract out, and they may or may not hire you again. Yeah,
4: and I've been laid off. I mean, that's a different yeah a kettle of
5: fish
2: yeah uh but i think i think i've quit more jobs than i've ever been fired from but also like working the jobs i do i'm in a weird position that that neither of you guys is really into my job's just end yeah like i was a stand in on uh westworld and they wrapped the show that's so fun, and yeah, I, I, yeah and that's the end of the show so it's really not quitting or getting fired it's more finishing the job <laughs> i guess so all right so the final one of our little conversations here is covers that are better than the originals and um this kind of came about because of our running gag <laughs> that we have on the show. If you guys have listened to any of our episodes, you know that we have a running gag. And uh, and we'll get to that later. But it sparked a conversation about, you know, songs that are better, like covers that are better than the original. And uh, and so I'm going to go last because I went, I went first <laughs> in something. I don't know. So T, why don't you, because we're only going to play one of your choices, but we're going to play both versions. Of one of your choices, so you'll have to uh, you'll have to okay. guide me. You'll have to guide me on that. Okay.
6: Well, you, you told me to pick two, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. So this was a difficult exercise. I'll tell you why. A, we all know there's something that's coming. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But you're kind of taking lead on this one, so I decided to leave that one. Alone. But then here are a couple of other things. One, most times if a song is remade it has some redeeming qualities that made other artists want to cut it right so it's usually not terrible so it's hard to pick one over the other and then you have a lot of of remakes that fall more into the category of they're not better per se they're so different it's hard to judge them against one another Uh, i want to i'm trying to think of an example of that one like uh, you know prince has a great fantastic all-time immortal song called purple rain well dwight yoakam did a bluegrass remake of it and it's awesome but it's awesome in a different way they're very hard to compare so
4: another one that's topical of the last series we did michael jackson was chris cornell
2: covering billy jean sure yeah. and so, also, so, also cindy lopper one of cindy lopper's seminal songs girls want to have fun was actually originally done by a guy named robert hazard <laughs> yep the one of her seminal feminine anthems was actually pinned and recorded by a guy. And it was actually- which, which, happens
6: awesome. more, which happens more than you might think. Yeah, it does. Because it we you know, we discussed last year when Tom T. Hall passed away, he wrote Harper Valley PTA, which is a feminist anthem. Um, if you go back a year and a half or so ago, John Prine wrote Angel from Montgomery from the perspective of a woman. Yeah. So that, that does happen a lot. Okay, but then you, you just kind of touched on something else that makes this hard. There are a lot of songs that aren't the original artist isn't who you think they are. Yeah. Right. So, like if I say I love rock and roll, most people are going to say, Oh, Joan Jett and the black arts. Nope, the arrows. You yep. Know? Or yeah. come on, feel the noise. Oh, well, that's uh quiet riot, riot. No, it's Slade. Sorry. I and mean, um, Kim Carnes is didn't do the first version of Betty Davis' eyes. So there's a bunch of these. So one of mine is probably gonna piss a lot of people off. One of them is gonna piss my cousin off really bad if he happens to hear this episode, but I'm just gonna go with it. First one is i'm tackling the beatles
2: okay fair fair go for it
6: i think that joe cocker's remake uh, with a little help from my friends is infinitely better than the beatles yes absolutely
2: absolutely and yeah you know what
6: send us hate mail send us hate mail and and the thing is the beatles version is what they intended it to be i I think it's a it's a slightly throwaway-ish piece yeah yeah but but it's obviously very well written because look what joe was able to do with it once he got his hands on it
2: he yep. crushed it i think also we have nostalgia and iconoclasty related to it because <clears throat> of the wonder years sure that's how that was our gateway to him that's how we found out about but the song and it was a
6: he did that with a lot of songs though Where he he just he just packed them with so much soul and these that the explosive wild man annex on stage and stuff, but like he did that with the letter, which I think I think the box tops did first. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, but that one, you know, came in through the bathroom window. All that stuff. And and here's a uh, I, I didn't know this till the other day, and I heard I heard this. This is I think a fun fact. fun fact. fun fact. When you see Joe Cocker going crazy on stage while he's singing, do you know what he's doing? What he's playing the drums. Ah, oh. is that what that is? Not now. He's not actually playing them, but he used to be a drummer. So if you watch, what he's really doing is he's he's kicking the bass drum, and he's hitting the hi-hat, and he's yeah. hitting the snare.
2: Huh. I have literally never thought about that.
6: Impressive. I had not either until I, I heard that discussed, and I don't remember where I heard it in the last couple of days, and I just thought that was fascinating. It makes sense. It makes- um, and and I also think that the Beatles crafted such such perfect pop songs. They lend themselves to being... To, to good remakes being made of them too. I, I think that's definitely because uh, Stevie Wonder did what I've got to get you into my life. Yes, and and it's fantastic. And I could name a bunch of them, but I definitely that's definitely. Yeah,
2: but they 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 wrote songs that were good enough to actually create at least two feature films that I can name right now, which is Across the Universe with Evan Rachel Wood, mm-hmm. and then Yesterday, and I think it's Dev Patel. Is it Dev Patel? <sighs> I'm going to kick myself. Yeah, it's he is that both of those are incredible Hamish Patel Mm -hmm. and they're both incredible Mm -hmm. films. Love them so, so much, but they all they they use nothing but Beatles music to create a story and it's awesome. So, I mean, like, I don't think you're far off with saying, like, that's an, a tr- That's 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 how you can tell, like, they're great songs is because you can take them and form them and fit them and kind of bend and stretch them and make something new and interesting.
6: Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm not going to be one who flings poop at the Beatles very much, but in this instance, I'm not really flinging poop. I'm just saying Joe's is better. I just think it is. No, that's. I
2: think I, I agree. think it's fair. I agree. Now, what is the play song that you have?
6: The the what No.
2: The one that you want me to play. You said you picked two. So what's the other one?
6: Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna lay my other one out on the table, and yeah, and we'll all decide as a group. How about? Okay. The other one, the 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 um the original version is not tremendously well known, but it's well known enough that I feel comfortable putting it on there. And I love the original, but I got to hand it to Rod Stewart for his remake of Tom Waits' "Downtown Train." Oh. Absolutely. Okay. So, okay. So a couple of things right up front. Tom is a lot like Bob Dylan in that, A, hey, he is a phenomenal songwriter. And Downtown Train is one of the, has, I think, maybe the best first line in the history of song. One of, for sure. But but Tom's voice is a very acquired taste. <laughs> very. It is not instantly ear-pleasing the way Rod's is. So you take Tom's phenomenal descriptive colorful lyrics that just paint you such a beautiful vivid picture and you put them in the voice of rod stewart and i think you've got gold there now i I like tom's a lot but again his voice is not it doesn't it's not instant ear candy and okay so you have this wonderfully cohesive song that that goes from start to finish at the end of his version there's like a 30 second weird breakdown where he's like playing the uh, accordion or something and it just doesn't seem to fit to me. Fair enough. And and whereas Rod takes it from start to finish, it's one cohesive thing, and he just sings the absolute hell out of that song. And it's one of my that's actually one of my favorites, probably. Um. So all all respect to Tom, he's a fantastic songwriter. I happen to really like his version, but I like Rod's version a little bit more.
2: So while we're not going to play the whole song, we are going to just play a little bit of each song just for comparison so first of course we'll go to Tom Waits and then after that we will hop over to Rod Stewart's version
6: make sure you get far enough into Tom that you actually hear him sing that's important
2: fair enough yeah I know know he sounds like he just gargled broken glass (laughs) and And whiskey
6: and barbed wire and yes yes it does
2: so here is Tom Waits with downtown train
7: so old in the night time yes i climb to the window and down to the street i'm shining like a new dime the downtown trends of food follows those brooklyn girls they try so Yeah.
2: So that is Tom Waits' Downtown Train.
6: Yeah, that yeah. Tom sounds like he smokes cigarettes he makes himself out of asbestos, tar paper, and leaded gasoline.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's listen to someone who has a decidedly more smooth voice, and that is okay. Downtown Train by Rod Stewart, and this is the 2008 remaster.
7: Another yellow wing has punched a hole in the nighttime mist. I climb to the window and down to the street. I'm shining like a new dime. The downtown trains are full, full of all them Brooklyn girls. They try so hard to break out of their little world your hand and they scatter like They There's nothing that'll ever capture your heart. They're just thorns without the rules. Be careful I've been in the dark. Oh, if I was the one you chose
2: Yeah, I will say that the difference between Tom Waits' version and Rod Stewart's version is that you can actually understand what Rod is saying. That,
6: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're not wrong. And what, and what Rod is saying in the very first uh, opening line is, outside, another yellow moon has punched a hole in the nighttime mist. God, oh, Mosey. <laughs> yeah. What a freaking
2: line. It's a great. A it's great. It's great. It's a great song both ways. But yes, in that case, I fully agree. I think TJ gets a point. Yay!
6: <laughs> okay, well, Will. What did, Will? What did you think on that one? I was just curious of that choice. Well, of of those of of Tom's version versus Rod's version. I,
4: I mean, I I would prefer the Stewart version. It's also the one I know better. Like, yeah. for instance, I did not hear. Tom's version until after I heard Rod. So it's very hard for me to sort of think of it the other way around. Sure.
2: I think that's a lot. That's that's kind of a through line with a lot of covers that you didn't realize were covers. Like, we were having a conversation about this. Do remakes count as covers when it comes from the same artist? Because we had a choice. Because the thing is, if you go listen to Joni Mitchell's Both Sides Now, The original version is this like up and poppy and happy version. And then the one that she records much later uh, that they actually use in the film Love Actually is so much darker and moodier and you feel the heartbreak. And so, you know, it's more learned. So it's like you've had that that time to learn. Does that count as a cover because it's her own music, but it's coming from a completely different place and it's completely different stylistically. You cover your own song basically. Yeah,
6: she covered yeah. her own song, but like it's two totally different songs. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I could probably see it done that way. Although I would also just throw in Alison Moore has a killer, killer remake of that song. But Oh, does she? But yeah, but if, if a if an artist takes one of their own songs and totally reimagines it, then I I would think that probably counts. Yeah. Okay. So that's an honorable mention that's from a good one. me, but a good one. we're good actually one. gonna move
2: on to Mr. Will the Thrill for his choices. All right, we're focusing on two, correct? Just two. Because
4: Good golly, this was a tough one. I had, my list is much longer than I'm going to share with you, uh, <laughs> just cause there are so many. But, so um, many. I've narrowed it down to two, and I figured I'll start by possible conflict with L.D. here. The song I picked. Is the man who sold the world performed originally by David Bowie and covered by Nirvana.
2: Now the thing is though, I can I can appreciate because both of them were mine.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Both of them were my yep, Kurt and David. Yes, yeah. I covered both Kurt and David. And the thing is, I can appreciate where both of them came from and I can mm-hmm. appreciate the difference in style.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: The thing is, I can't see myself loving uh kurt cobain for the rest of my life unabashedly mm-hmm. and you know having dreams where we go ghost hunting together but i can Fair. see that with david so i mean like it's just which artist do i like better i love nirvana but the fact is david bowie has a part of my heart TJ, what's your opinion
6: um i love both versions that, <laughs> that that's one that's really tough that they're about neck and neck for maybe they're 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 very different it in in kurt's hands that song turned into something totally different yeah. in my opinion it, it doesn't it, i don't think he changes a word it doesn't feel like it even means the same thing somehow
4: yeah feels very different yeah i don't know i feel like i identified that with that more and i think we can all agree that nirvana's unplugged is one of the best oh yeah i mean it's
2: absolutely ever. one of yeah. the best oh, that, it's right that might here. have to be a
6: future slap in episode
2: <laughs> oh and you know what we can probably do it even better because paramount has the mtv network they do and they have seven of the unplugged shows one of them about an artist we will cover i think two of them actually two i think two. but
4: uh to whet the appetite of the audience i will give you one fun fact fun fact fun fact dj were you aware that the nirvana unplugged was one of the only ones done in a single take i
6: did not know that yep
2: I feel Single like I, I think we covered that in the episode I think which I feel, no. I feel like I knew that mm-hmm. but I don't know how I, knew that. I did
6: know that uh Neil Young's was done repeatedly because he was not happy with the band
2: huh.
4: Stanley Kubrick directing it <laughs> all right and what is your place on ah, so, so that's mine was Man Who Sold the World uh, I'm not gonna play that one because a lot of people know that and very similar to you TJ I'm gonna punch up and go after the Beatles
2: uh, I feel kind of left
4: out that I didn't uh, choose a Beatles song. And, and, and please understand that I have nothing against the Beatles. I like the Beatles. i grew pretty sure. much broke listening to the Beatles. However, I think one song, they did well, but it was done better. I am the walrus. You too? Oingo Boingo.
2: Ah, oh,
4: okay. Boingo Boingo All did a right. cover of I am the walrus. And as we go into this, I will preface it with the lyrics from the immortal cinematic classic, Roadhouse by saying, Come on, Elvis, play something with balls. So let's hear the Beatles.
2: So that was the original version, as done by the Beatles, uh-huh. of I on the Walrus." So let's take yeah. a listen to again. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
6: No. The only thing I can just, I'm just, I just have this this thing in my head where it's like, yeah, perhaps we should mention somewhere in the song that a walrus is actually a marine mammal. That'd be real spangly, dangly, doo. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna listen to Oingo <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm Sorry to all of our English yes. listeners. And our translators are dropping off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to the whole country of Italy. Uh, you'll hear that soon. (laughs) Sorry. Uh (laughs) mistakes were made. He he has been duly punished. (laughs) All right, so here is oingo boingo's I am the walrus.
1: I am he as you are, he as you are me, and we are all together. To the bloody Tuesday man, you get a naughty boy and let your face go on. I'm the egg man, I'm the walrus. Who do the juke? Mr. City policeman,
5: City pretty little policeman in a
2: crowd. Okay. So, I've got to play this because I accidentally said that this was the version that he was going to mm-hmm. listen to, which this is actually from Across the Universe.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Dr. Robert. Time is not on our hands, people.
7: Time is slipping through them.
1: We got to transcend the bullshit and fast. But hey, no point butting your heads, bucking a system. Let them get all snarled up in their
7: dreary high. Never knocked away another cat's swings, man.
1: Mm.
5: Oh.
1: Hate to mess with your groove, New York, but we're about two years ahead of you on the coast. You already graduated. What's been going on? To where it's going? Amen. I am he, as you are he, as you are me, and we are all together. See how they run like pigs from a gun. See how they fly. I'm crying, sitting on a cold flame.
2: Okay, so, T, do you actually know who did that version? Is that Shatner? It is not. <laughs> it is actually Bono. Yeah, but you too. Oh, wow. Yeah, weird, right? There was
6: something about a, in, in the, the talk up to it that was a little stop and start, and <laughs> I thought it was Shatner, but then uh, it, when he was singing, it really didn't sound like him. but I, I didn't have any other guests, to be honest with you, so.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, um. hang on, I'm pulling up my song. So, while we're doing that, any thoughts on the Boingo version? Yeah,
6: I actually like it. Yeah, I, I do like- too. Yeah. The thing um, is, I feel I was not familiar with. It's a
4: great one. And it got it gets overlooked a lot, but it is in my opinion a superior version to the original. That's
2: just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. That's when Go Bullen goes I am the walrus. Uh, you see I really like his voice though. Elfman. Danny Elfman has mm-hmm. a really underrated singing voice. Oh, he's great. Yeah. That I really like. And there's like a raspiness but a lightness to it. And it's a really, it's really interesting juxtaposition. His voice is a conundrum. He's a good singer. Yeah. He's yeah. a very good singer. All right. So I guess my choices mm-hmm. are. Uh, for my first one, I'm going to go for one that we've actually covered this person before. And honestly, the two songs could not sound more different. So I'm actually going with Janis Joplin's version of Roger Miller's Me and My Bobby McGee. Good one. Well, uh, there is, his version is very clean, very crisp, and very polished, but hers is just
6: yep. ragged. and And, but cool. also... Of course, we need, need to mention, written by, do you know? No. The great Chris Christopherson.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. That is right. I think TJ original, TJ1 mentioned that. In, and and
6: uh, I think the first time he heard Janice's version was like the day after she died. Really? Yeah. And he, he I think when he heard it, he was, he, he just bawled his eyes out.
2: My God. Like the two, the two songs are night and day between, yeah. I mean, it's just. His version is is pressed and clean, and hers is three days on the
6: floor. And hers is Janice.
2: Yes. And that's the thing is, she is the pearl. She is amazing. And she's not perfect, and that's
6: what makes her perfect. Yeah. So. I I would also say, I almost picked a Roger Miller song. Um, You know, he had one called Dang Me. Okay. Dang me, dang me, they ought to take her up and hang me. Very two minutes long, funny, throwaway-ish. Little, little just a little fun song well there's a guy named buddy miller who remade that and he stretches it out to about six minutes and it it is dark and, and scary sounding and when he says they ought to take a rope and hang me he means it. that that man is it you've never heard a more different version of a song but nobody's ever heard it but me <laughs> and i was like yeah, i don't need to get lost too far up my own butt on this one so i, I passed but that's a really good one there
2: Yeah, and then, well, it's funny that you say that somebody took something that was really light and turned it into something that was very dark. For my listen choice, I actually went with Gary Jules and Michael Andrews' version of Mad World, which was originally done by Tears for Fears. Correct. Yeah, so let's just take a listen to the Tears for Fears version, and then we'll listen to Gary Jules' version. original, and here is Gary Jules' version. Right, so that is mad world the gary jules version what are your thoughts on those guys it's totally different yeah completely different
6: and the second one in my in my opinion is a better song
2: yeah that's why i that's why i chose this as my listen like yeah. i actually dislike the tears for fears version it feels disjointed it feels like too poppy it feels like his vocals are lost in the mix not that I don't like Tears for Fears, except for that one song. They have the, the shittiest music video on the planet. Seeds or- of Love. Seeds of Love is terrible. It's a horrible song. <laughs> it's a terrible music video. You're bad, terrible, awful humans. Anyway.
6: But thanks their- for cool. doing Shout. We appreciate that. One. Yeah, yeah.
2: Thank you. Yep. So, oh. uh, but but this, that the, the original, I don't really connect with but there's something about that haunting melody in Gary Jules's version that feels like it was originally what the idea had was that that song was supposed to be mm. that's what the song was originally intended to be
6: travis yeah no no i agree with everything you said i really do um the the tears for fears version and again they have a ton of great songs but that that one yeah it it just felt a little clunky or something yeah Uh, the the second version it's like they they kind of it's almost like it was a a wrinkled shirt and and the second version they got out an iron and made it look presentable Mm. or something
2: yeah but they also washed it with all the darks (laughs) right and and it, they took something that was more poppy and if you really weren't listening to the words you might have thought oh this is kind of a happy song you know and then Gary Jules kind of took it twisted it and made it into this song that literally haunts my dreams this is they've used it in a couple different things mm-hmm. Uh, They used it in what, Gears of War? The promo, yeah. The promo for Gears of War. But they also used it in Donnie Darko. Yeah. To great effect. Um, So yeah, I I feel like that is the superior version. But wait, Lindley, I hear the people crying out in podcast land. But what about, hold on, (laughs) hang on. I'm getting to that. Because collectively, as a team, I think we all can agree that there is one song in the pantheon of all music, that was given to us by our great Lord Savior Jesus Christ and His Son, whatever His Son's name is. He uh, didn't. Uh, he didn't have a son. He had a daughter, right? What's her uh, name? No. Sarah. No, Did he, no he. didn't. Dan Brown told me that it was that he had a daughter. Okay, I listened to Dan Brown anyway. Okay. Uh, we can agree as a as a team, the podcasters LD, TJ, Two the Deuce, and Will the Thrill have one song that none of us are going to disagree with. <laughs> and that's the song that we're actually going to close out the show. But I'm going to have to tell you my parting thought really quick. I'm shocked, shocked that TJ did not pick Hurt by Johnny Cash. Actually, I'm a bit surprised as well.
6: There, there are a couple over the course of doing this podcast we have discussed so much. I, I decided to just leave those alone. That's the same reason I didn't go with Van Halen's You Really Got Me. That's um, a good one, too. I, I didn't go with uh, you know Johnny Cash's Hurt, which I, I think it's an infinitely... Uh, better, ber- and, and and the Donny Nails version was a really good song, but Johnny's just he took it. You want to talk about repurposing a song and making it feel like it means something completely different, which yeah. very few people did the way Johnny did. You know, he, I, for for that matter, his version of Personal Jesus when he sings it, it sounds like it's a gospel song. Hmm.
2: Yeah, and I there wasn't really a standout for me that that you missed. Like, well, those, there, was,
6: right? there was one other one that that, that has it's a it's a all time great song, and there are two all time great remakes of it. And I was just like, dancing I'm just gonna leave that one alone too. Dancing in the street. Uh no. And don't even joke about that. Um <laughs> that is terrible in every way. Um, it's, bad, it's bad, wrong, and awful. And I don't I don't ever want to hear that again.
2: Uh,
6: no, uh, one by you two.
2: okay. Because
6: Mary J. Blige's version is slamming. And, and he- I love yeah. it. And then yeah. and then Johnny Cash's version actually makes it more heartbreaking than the original, if you can imagine such a thing.
2: Well, and there's also a version of Can't Take My Eyes Off You, which me and Will the Thrill mm. both agreed is an incredible song, but it's not as good as the original, which was done the, the, the remake was done by Lauren Hill, and it's an incredible song. And what she does with it is interesting, but it's got too much of that flavor of the original which was frankie valley in the four seasons yep. and so you really can't beat him in that sense because she really didn't transform the song she did a great version of it but right. it didn't exceed the original so there are tons I, I
6: thought you might come swinging with the little urge overkill i did you think Ooh, yeah huh being a tarantino fan at all
2: yeah well i yes. mean tarantino does things with music we will maybe have to do that on a *Slap nuts as well as music from tarantino like that's how, how 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 he. Yeah music so you'll have to or, watch a tarantino movie travis and then write a book report on the hmm. music of uh, tarantino
6: i've uh, i've watched one of his movies and i can do that one <laughs> which one have you seen i've seen pulp fiction a okay. bunch of times
2: there you go yeah i i was actually thinking about watching Inglorious bastards literally or
6: or or hey will here's here's one i would be interested in your take on because this is a person you're a fan of how about the Lemonheads version of mrs robinson Oh, oh, or literally
2: anything real big fish does is so much fun and it's, but it's a completely different style. Totally. So if you don't like that style, it's not going to be. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. Cause I mean, real big fish did take on me, which is honestly great are you okay i'm still
4: reeling from that i can't decide which i
2: prefer (laughs) all right well to close out before my husband has an existential crisis we heard your cries guys and so i think we're all gonna weigh in on this now if you've been a casual listener of this podcast at all you guys know that we have a running gag now, T, can you walk us through how we got to this point in our lives? Because I'll bet you're wondering how we got here.
6: You know, when I, when Will and I first joined the podcast, we found, oddly, that there were a lot of artists who we were not covering because they're still alive, who we who somehow we still mention a lot. Like every week, Petula Clark came up constantly. Um, who was the other one? Uh, there was a couple that just kept coming up and kept coming up for for whatever reason and one of those was Manfred man's earth band
2: which is so weird it happened organically every single week it, mm-hmm. it,
6: it did yes this was and planned in no way so but we're just frequently mentioning rush and lulu and patula clark and Manfred man's earth band so one day out of nowhere I, ld may have been doing an episode or, or will or somebody but they mentioned Manfred man's earth band and again not on purpose we have not planned this that there was no thought went into this. Zero. And I just blurted out. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Our federally mandated Manfred Man's Earth Band, reference of the podcast, has been satisfied. Ha ha. <laughs> and then again, uh-huh. without talking, without discussing anything, without it becoming an official thing, we all just started writing Manfred Man's Earth Band into every single screen. <laughs> somehow it's it's we started a joke
2: that made the whole world laugh and then and, they found us and then <laughs> and then was the on us and then yeah haha on us manford man found me on facebook <laughs>
6: <That's great. laughs>
2: Oh. which so, i told
6: you when that happened i'm flattered i am also frightened <laughs> that, that, that to be fair we have never insulted
2: them. we never have We're in never fact we them i i I love manfred man <laughs> and I've loved them since duwa Diddy. like i've I I am a massive manfred man in all iterations <laughs> of manfred man from manfred man manfred man three or manfred man's earth man like all iterations I love them I'm a fan and the fact is they actually took one of the and then Uh, we might get hate mail i don't know but they took one of the arguably crappiest songs that bruce springsteen ever put to paper and made a friggin art piece
4: i will take the position of not only a springsteen fan but a new Jerseyan, and i will say yes the original song is schlock it is not good it did not work that's i'll leave it at that
6: it, yeah it's very much like the difference between the two versions of mad world you play his is disjointed and just it's just a mishmash of stuff and i don't i really don't like it, it. Doesn't it's hard it's hard to believe somebody's as talented as him put that out to be honest with you
2: yeah so right now i'm gonna actually play a little bit of the the bruce springsteen version mm. just so you guys can hear it i'm really sorry <laughs> and then we'll come back and close out the show all right so here is a little bit of blinded by the light by bruce springsteen <laughs>
1: With a teenage diplomat in the dumps, with the mom's as the adolescent bumps his way into his hat. With a boulder on my shoulder, feeling kind of older, I trip the merry-go-round. With this very unpleasing sneezing and wheezing, the car be crashed to the ground. Some and Scott a slingshot... right,
5: I
2: think that's enough.
6: <laughs> that's, that was more than, that was a gracious plenty. Yeah,
5: now,
4: nice. I will also say as a Springsteen fan, I am a firm believer that his sophomore outing was much better than this, his first album. I mean, fair. The Wild, the Innocent, and the East Street Shuffle is so much better.
2: Well, uh, I don't know. I I don't know if I've listened to that. You can't compare. I can't. I have nothing to compare it to. TJ, what's your thoughts? I, I I still think to this day, Little Pink Houses was done by Bruce Springsteen. And I've tried. It, it,
6: it was. It was not. That was John Mellencamp. No, I no, I completely agree with you. There's a steady ascension through his first gosh, several albums. It's
2: like five albums, yeah. Yeah. Well, anybody have any parting thoughts?
6: Yeah, almost every remake of a Bruce song is better than Bruce's. <laughs> <laughs> and I specifically tried to find examples where that wasn't the case. I did find an
4: interesting one, though. Eh? Uh, the classic Because the Night yep. was originally done by Patti Smith,
2: redone by 10,000 Maniacs. Well,
4: no, redone right? by Bruce, huh? and then redone by 10,000 Maniacs. Which I actually, but no, I 10,000 think 10,000 Bruce
6: co wrote that one, I believe.
4: Well, I would argue that his version's actually better than the original. And personally, I like the 10,000
6: Maniacs version the best yes I, I do too yes. I, I completely to agree. agree with you um,
2: i actually listened to i actually listened to the ten thousand maniacs version the other day on my walk that's another unplugged still holds up that incredibly. unplugged is fantastic she is yeah. such an incredible vocalist natalie merchant yes. is is incredible one of her songs um i believe it was from what, what is the album called might have been natalie merchant um but wonder Wonder's good song. yeah
6: it was on something like tiger lily or something
2: tiger lily that's mm. it yes i can remember the cover it was like yellow and orange and it had her face
6: it was just her and yeah it
2: was just her and there were colors around her but that album was incredible and then the song wonder is a standout that's like my go-to karaoke song like in the middle of the karaoke party it's never the closer it's Mm -hmm. never the opener it's always somewhere in the middle so
6: i I want to say that was the theme of my wife's high school graduation or college one or the other interesting that That was like their big that was their big song but i mean um not these are the days it'd be surprising i I, I would just tell you like the band's version of atlantic city crashes it it trounces bruce's for that matter uh, country uh, artist john anderson did a remake and his is better
4: no i I go with the original on that one i stand by that and and
6: bruce's isn't bad but Charlie Robinson doing racing in the streets is better than Bruce's and the Mavericks doing all that heaven will allow better than Bruce's. And, but here, here's my, my point. It sounds Even like I'm talking Bruce. State
2: of New Jersey is going to boycott <laughs> this podcast.
6: I think, but what I think I'm really saying is that Bruce is an amazing songwriter who <laughs> it, who is so gifted in crafting songs that pretty much anything, any, it, it, they can be adapted to anything in the American canon. Hard rock, country, bluegrass, R and B—like you, I think that's the mark of a of a really truly great songwriter, you know. But there's a lot of remakes of Dylan songs that are better than Dylan's. But again, I think that oh, speaks it? to how good Dylan is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, but Bruce has a little Stevie. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is that. Apparently, <laughs> apparently I've met him. <laughs> I've like worked and with him. Also, and also, it's late, and I drank a lot today. So, <laughs> so there's
2: that, one. that is all our faults. I regret nothing. All right, so. We are going to get to the the best version of "Blinded by the Light," which is by Manfred Mann's Earth Band.
5: Who's going
2: to do it? Seriously, uh, w- uh, why don't you do it, Will? Okay.
4: <clears throat> him him. Ladies and gentlemen, the Manfred Mann's federally mandated. Well, maybe I shouldn't do it anymore. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, yeah, T- uh. why don't
2: you why don't you try it see if you can get through it because. We've been doing I, this for I about tried. nine hours. Now. I, I tried. Well. Ladies and
6: gentlemen, the federally mandated Manfred Mann's Earth Band reference of the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast has now officially been put to bed and satisfied.
2: Oh, hey. There it is. All right. So, our socials, if you want to send us hate mail because you love Bruce Springsteen. Because
6: you, and, and frankly, you're probably gonna.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's fair. You can uh, wander over and support the show at uh, Patreon.com backslash Rock and Roll Heaven. You can check us out at Twitter at Rock and Roll LT. Our Instagram is Rock and Roll Heaven LT, our Facebook, Rock and Roll Heaven Pod. And seriously, guys, go over there and enjoy uh, the fun that we're having over there. we got inside jokes. We've got, you know, posts that not are about dead people. But we do have posts when someone does pass, so you can keep up and and know who unfortunately passed. Uh, it's not all gloom and doom over there. It is actually quite fun. Our website, we're still not saying it. And you can email us at lt at gmail.com and make sure, please, to check out all the other awesome Pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com. And don't forget, you can still get 15% off your entire order of Tiesta Tea at tiestatea.com and put in the promo code heaven 15 at checkout to get 15% off. We love you guys so much. Travis, do you have anything to say to the audience?
6: I do indeed. Bye, buddy.
2: All right. Mr. Will, the thrill. To that, I say thank you and good night. All right. So uh, make sure that you guys check us out next week. Um, I know that we're probably in the middle of something, but I don't even know when this episode is going to come out or what. It's probably, you know what? Here, it's a safe bet to say this. It is a safe bet to say this. Hey guys, check us out next week where we'll be continuing our series on Michael Jackson. I say it with every episode. probably a safe bet. (laughs) It's either that or uh, Allison Chains.
4: Right. It'll be one or the other. It's the one
2: or the other. I'm pretty sure, though, it's Michael Jackson. Probably. It's probably Michael Jackson. So, But what we're going to do is something that we've never done. And that's actually play Manfred Mann's Earth yes! Band. So, you guys, from all of us here at Rock and Roll Heaven to all you guys out there, just remember the light at the end of the tunnel may be blinding. Good night.
1: Turn you one sun into something strong. Play a song with the foggy break. And Go Kart Mozart was checking out the weather well chart, see if it was safe outside. in the night blinded by the light she got down but she never got touch she's gonna make it to the night she's gonna make it to the night Another runner in the night, blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche, another runner
5: The rhythm, say, got the I see the shot, forget me, take
1: the i I got She said, I'll you work, wrong She got down But she never got touch is gonna make it